Chapter 3, The Signs of the Exodus As a proponent of catastrophism, Velikovsky put forth a cosmological explanation for many of the phenomena spoken of in sacred as well as profane history. It was his thesis that the world was nearly destroyed in the past within the memory of mankind, when other celestial bodies very nearly collided with the earth. Accounts of these near collisions exist today in the written and oral traditions of all the peoples of the earth. The Old Testament is one of many such records which are filled with eyewitness accounts of global destructions. Furthermore, the natural sciences hold much of the evidence bearing upon the explanation for the changes which the earth has undergone since the days of the patriarchs. This, then, is a summary of Velikovsky's explanation of the cause of the phenomena associated with one of the most significant cataclysms in ancient history, the Exodus. Aware of a link between the circuit of heavenly bodies and the catastrophic ruin of previous generations, the ancients ceaselessly watched the planetary movements. Their traditions recalled that when old epochs dissolved, the new age, or sun, was marked by different celestial paths. Astronomers and seers diligently watched for any change which might augur approaching destruction and the end of an age. Prior to the second millennium BC, ancient Hindu records spoke of four visible planets, excluding Venus. Babylonians meticulously in their observations likewise failed to report Venus. But long before 1500 BC, Jupiter for centuries, chief among the deities, shattered the serenity of the skies. A brilliant, fiery object expelled from that planet entered upon a long elliptical orbit around the sun, the feared god Jupiter had given birth to the comet or protoplanet Venus. Terrified men watched the bright torch of heaven as it traversed its elongated orbit menacing the earth. Venus, a Chinese astronomical text recalls, spanned the heavens, rivaling the sun in brightness. The brilliant light of Venus, records an ancient rabbinical source, blazes from one end of the cosmos to the other. The fear of the star watchers was justified, as Venus arced away from one perihelion passage during the middle of the second millennium BC, the urge of Earth approached this intruder, entering first the outer reaches of its cometary tail. That's the end of Velikovsky's quote. The Exodus and his miracles is a typical chronicle of the natural plagues and disasters accompanying a near collision of the Earth with a large comet very nearly the size of the Earth. Most of the plagues, destructions, and miracles which we read about in conjunction with the Exodus are simply physical manifestations of two worlds in near collision, one an inhabited planet and the other a planet-sized comet. Water turned to blood. As the comet approached the Earth tail first, the first thing to enter the Earth's atmosphere was the finer material of the fringes of the comet's tail. This may have been some form of ferric oxide, for several scientists, Dolphus, Mores, Binder, Krishkshank, and Fish, have confirmed, supported by evidence from the Viking lander, that the surface of Mars is covered with a ferric oxide known as lemonite. See Age of Velikovsky, page 22. According to Velikovsky, as the comet Venus had traveled through the solar system, it had encountered Mars as well as the Earth. Thus, the limonite on Mars may have been left by Venus, and if so, Venus undoubtedly dusted the Earth liberally with the same material and turned the Earth red for a time. The fine dust was water-soluble, turning water red, hence the scriptures declare that, quote, the waters that were 
in the river were turned to blood, end quote. Exodus 7.20. The fouled water killed the fish and was apparently unhealthy for human consumption, quote, for they could not drink of the water of the river, end quote. Verse 24. In addition, the skin of man as well as animals was either irritated by the dust or by boils, which may have resulted from the lack of pure water in which to bathe. Plague of vermin. The heat generated in such a close planetary encounter would cause insects and other vermin to propagate at an accelerated rate. A good example of this is found in Kazmin or Sirocco, a hot, electrically charged wind that blows in the desert. The area around desert villages during such winds literally teems with vermin. In an event such as the Exodus, the heating would be worldwide. Hail of Stones as the comet moved closer, the Earth found itself deeper and deeper within the tail, and the material entering the atmosphere became progressively more coarse. First, it was a fine red dust, then small dust fell, Exodus 9.9, 9, and finally small stones. Of course, the small stones fell as meteorites, hot, fiery rains that crushed and burned the crops of the Earth. Because the Old Testament translators chose the word hail, we mistakenly envision a bad hailstorm akin to those we encounter today. But Velikovsky pointed out that the word barad in the old, original Old Testament text would have been more correctly translated meteorites. He points out that, according to Midrashic and Talmudic sources, the hail of the Exodus was hot. This more nearly fits meteorites than a hail of ice. As larger and larger meteorites rained down, the Egyptians became increasingly more terrified by the great explosion-like noises which the meteorites made. Petroleum. In addition to the meteorites, a sticky, burning fluid fell to the earth. Some of it ignited, consuming everything it touched. Some of it collected in pools or in fissures in the earth, or floated on the surface of the water. The substance came, either came from the atmosphere of the comet or was created under the atmospheres of the comet and the earth combined under proper conditions. In either case, evidence from ancient cultures all over the world establishes that there was a sticky, burning fluid associated with the encounter with multiple sources listed for that one. Earthquake. As the distance between the Earth and the comet decreased, each was seized in the gravitational grip of the other. This caused the rotation of each orb to change and resulted in a tilting of each relative to their axes. The forces of the inertia and momentum adjusted to the tilting in the Earth's crust reacted violently. A massive earthquake convulsed the entire planet. Whole cities fell in some places, others suffered less, but all were affected by the destruction. In connection with this crustal upheaval, Velikovsky points out that the original text of the Old Testament had been badly corrupted. Rather than firstborn, the text would have been more correctly translated highborn, or elect. That is, the highborn Egyptians who lived in rock or hewn stone houses would have been in more danger of being destroyed by a large earthquake than the Israelites who lived in huts of mud and reeds. In other words, the destroying angel passed over the Israelites and destroyed the Egyptians. Darkness. Two effects of this close encounter between comet and planet caused great darkness. The dust and debris composing the tail of the comet was swept into the Earth's atmosphere and blotted out the sun. In addition, volcanic ash created by the volcanic activity initiated by the great earthquake was ejected into the atmosphere and added to the already gloomy aspect of the heavens. All this served to make the air so thick that people could scarcely breathe. Rabbinical sources explain that 49 out of every 50 Israelites perished in the plague of darkness.
Other accounts which date from the same period as the Exodus and describe identical destructions also tell of the prolonged days or nights. Velikovsky ascribed this protraction to changes in the Earth's rotation or to changes in the tilt of the Earth's axis. Either one or both of these conditions would have left large portions of the Earth's surface exposed to the sun for a prolonged period, causing the inhabitants to declare that the land was aflame. People on the dark side of the earth bemoaned the loss of the sun, declaring that it had been destroyed or stolen away. Collapsed, uh, collapsed sky. After the initial darkness lifted, the sky continued to be blackened by the dust. The world was shrouded by low, slow, drifting clouds. According to Midrashic sources, the Israelites wandered for years without seeing the sun. Although they were able to distinguish day and night by the pale glow of the clouds during the day, they saw the sun and the moon clearly for the first time since leaving Egypt, only at the end of their wandering. Heated bodies. The surface of the earth became unusually hot in some places because of three factors. Heating by induction from the interaction of the tremendous electromagnetic fields of such bodies simply caused the ground to be, in some areas, to grow hot underfoot. In some places the seas boiled. Not even the moon escaped the holocaust, for without an atmosphere to dissipate the heat, it seemed it simply became incandescent or red. Secondly, as we have seen, when the Earth's rotation stopped, slowed or stopped, portions of the globe were subject to prolonged exposure to the sun, which resulted in severe heating. Thirdly, the gravitational influence of the comet pulled the interior of the Earth, the molten core, toward the crust. This also caused the Earth's surface to become hot. Mighty Wind Displaced and agitated by the abnormal gyrations of the Earth and the attraction of the approaching comet, the atmosphere of the Earth created hurricanes of incredible strength and velocity. Walls of Water Among the most compelling and enigmatic of the signs of the Exodus was the parting of the sea, which allowed the Israelites to escape to safety. In the Velikovsky scenario, these walls of water were not as close as Cecil B. DeMille portrayed them in his film epic, but were far more awesome. Tides created by the gravitational pull of the comet would have been thousands of feet high. The Israelites would have seen them far beyond the horizon. A concurrent phenomenon would have been the uncovering of huge tracts of seabed and ocean floor, just as the Israelites saw the tides beyond the horizon. They saw the seabed before they uncovered uh, before them, uncovered and dried by the wind. The spark. At the last of, no, as the last of the Israelites struggled to reach the opposite side of the seabed, a giant spark, similar to a lightning bolt seen in a thunderstorm, yet much greater, arced between the earth and the comet. This severed, or served to lessen the attraction of the comet on the waters of the earth, released from the comet's grip. The water rushed to settle into its former place and engulfed the hapless Egyptians who had pursued the fleeing Israelites. Apparently, there were many such electrical discharges during the Exodus, specifically, or especially during the time of the law giving at Mount Sinai. Pillar of Fire and Smoke As the comet approached the point of closest passage, the head and tail together appeared through the overcast sky as a pillar or column of light. To the Israelites, it was a sign of God. At first it stood before them as they fled Egypt. Then, as Pharaoh's army approached, it moved before them to behind them. It may be that the Earth's rotation, which had stopped earlier, resumed in the opposite direction. Perhaps the poles reversed themselves in a matter of hours, making the pillar appear to be 180 degrees removed from its previous position. 
Equally possible is the event that this was the moment at which the comet passed the Earth and moved from one horizon to the other. In any case, the head and tail of the comet appeared as a pillar through the darkened sky. Battle in the Sky as the comet passed the Earth, a display of cosmic proportions arrayed itself before all mankind. The comet was then close enough that its brightness broke through the clouds, and its head and tail appeared to be separate entities. The head, a light god, the tail, a snake or serpent. Bolts of lightning leapt between the head and tail of the comet, causing the tail to move and writhe like a snake. The god was doing battle with the serpent, and the conflict was accompanied by great meteorite showers pelting the earth. As the comet moved away, the pageant disappeared in the clouds which shrouded the earth, but the crashing of meteorites and the groaning of the earth convinced many of the earth's inhabitants that the god of light had indeed defeated the monstrous serpent, which had fled underground beneath the earth and lay there moaning. This battle in the sky is almost universal theme in literature of cultures around the world. It so impressed its witnesses that it was recorded by ancient peoples in their myths, monuments, records, and rituals. Food from God No matter what it is called, manna, ambrosia, heavenly bread, food of the morning dew, honey from the clouds, amrite, or great dew, it is what the people of the world ate for years after the great destruction, were it not for the honey-flavored bread-like stuff which precipitated from the earth's saturated atmosphere, man and animal alike would have perished. Considering this phenomenon, Velikovsky advanced the theory that the Earth's atmosphere became charged with hydrocarbon molecules. The action of microbes abundant in the Earth's atmosphere converted the hydrocarbons to edible carbohydrates which precipitated out of the supersaturated morning air. In light of this idea, it is interesting to note that since 1971, protein has been manufactured from petroleum in Britain and France and mixed with other ingredients to make a highly nutritious animal feed. The technology exists for producing edible protein and fats directly from petroleum. See Age of Velikovsky, page 83 and 84. As this precipitate, the Israelites' manna, fell on water, an unusual thing happened. The water became sweet to the taste and turned a creamy white color, hence the phrase, a land flowing with milk and honey, was not so much poetic as a statement of fact. Theophany as the children of Israel encamped at the foot of Mount Sinai and witnessed the law-giving, the comet, according to Velikovsky, once again approached the earth. This time there was sm smoke, fire, vapor, thunder, and lightning. Of course, we have seen what each of these signs entails, but unlike the first approach, the second was accompanied by voices. The children of Israel heard the voice of the Lord, but they were not alone. In China, the emperor Feng Hung took the name Yahu, the Indians of Puget Sound have the sacred word of exclamation, Yahoo. In Indonesia, there is an oath, Juju Hue. The J is pronounced with a Y sound, so Yuyu Hue. Mexican Indians say Yao or Yatol. In other cultures, the, the word variously Yo or Yov, Yo, Yao, etc. The children of Israel heard Yahweh, written J-H-W-H, or yod heh vav -Heh. Apparently, the voice of the Lord was heard by more than just the Israelites. Then there was the sound of a trumpet. Velikovsky theorized that this may well have been the result of two charges or two charged bodies passing one another in space. 
the magnetic oscillations between them becoming audible in the atmosphere of the Earth. As the distance between them changed, so did the pitch or the tone of the oscillations produced. Even the volume increased and, and decreased. Thus, all the, word, all the world heard the roar of the law-giving during the time of the great upheaval. Prophetic Metaphors These, then, are the phenomena associated with the near collision of the Earth with a planet-sized comet. Water turned to blood, a fine pigmented dust of extraterrestrial origin settles on land and sea. The plague of vermin, the heating of the Earth's surface causes rapid propagation of some insects and reptiles, and in some areas teem with vermin. Hail, as meteorites from space crash to the Earth. Fire, a form of burning naphtha, falls to Earth. Darkness, dust and debris from the space and volcanic ash combine to blacken the atmosphere. The long day or night, as Earth's rotation is disturbed or halted. Earthquake, a global consequence of the gravitational interaction of the two orbs involved. Collapsed sky, low-hanging clouds shroud the Earth for a prolonged period of time. Moon turns to blood and the seas boil as heat generated in the encounter heats the land and sea of the Earth and turns the moon's surface red as a result of incandescence. Hurricane and mighty winds is the tidal effects of the comet on the Earth's atmosphere. Wall of water and the oceans heaped up is another tidal effect of the comet of on the Earth's oceans. Terrible lightnings and lightning bolts are electrical discharges between the two bodies as they pass each other, as well as between the head and tail of the comet. The pillar of fire and smoke is a description of the head and tail of the comet as seen through a darkened and cloud-filled sky. The god of light, a description of the brightness of the comet. Leviathan, serpent, snake, or dragon is a description of the appearance of the writhing tail of the comet. Mana, ambrosia, etc. are the edible carbohydrates produced in the Earth's atmosphere by microbial action on petroleum from the comet's atmosphere, which precipitates with the morning dew. The land flowing with milk and honey is the effect of mana when it dissolved in water, turning into a creamy white color and making it sweet to the taste. Trumpets is a sound created by electromagnetic oscillations between the two bodies and rendered audible in the Earth's atmosphere. The voice of God is a sound that accompanied the groanings from within the earth and heard by all men. Other planetary encounters. The near collision of the Exodus was not unique. It was only the beginning of a series of such encounters. Velikovsky explained that approximately 50 years after the Exodus, as Joshua pursued the Canaanites in his effort to take possession of the Promised Land, Venus again drew near. The sun and the moon stood still above the earth as rotation slowed and stopped. Fire and stones fell from the sky and the world shook again. Although the encounter was not as devastating as the earlier encounter of the Exodus, the earth reeled under the tremendously destructive power of Venus. For centuries after the Exodus, all of the earth's inhabitants anxiously watched Venus, fearing renewed cataclysms. Inasmuch as the errant protoplanet had transversed the orbits of several other planets, it was inevitable that other planetary encounters would ensue. Nevertheless, it was Mars, not the Earth, that suffered from repeated encounters with Venus. Stargazers watched breathlessly as the planet gods Venus and Mars did celestial battle. Being much larger than Mars, Venus emerged the victor, dislodging Mars from its orbit and sending it careening across the Earth's orbit while... Venus settled into a stable orbit around the sun. Thus, Mars, once a Pacific planet, became an agent of destruction. 
The first Earth-Mars encounter caused the calamities associated with the founding of Rome in 747 BC. Its destructive power, which altered the Earth's orbit, won for Mars the title of Lord of War. Lacking the destructive power of Venus because of its smaller size and reduced gravitational impact, Mars did somewhat less damage than Venus had done. Nevertheless, Mars was feared worldwide as the god of battle and the destroyer of armies and nations. Twice more, once in 721 BC and again in 687 BC, Mars shook the Earth as it passed, repeatedly changing the Earth's orbit, tilting the Earth's axis, and throwing the elements into chaos. The last Earth-Mars encounter sent Mars into the higher orbit where the planet moves today. After centuries of instability beginning with the expulsion of Venus from Jupiter before 1500 BC, the solar system finally reached a condition of relative calm. The Mysterious Made Plain Velikovsky's cosmological explanation of the past thus becomes a key to understanding much of that which is found in ancient documents such as the Old Testament. Indeed, that which is myth, legend, folklore, ritual, or even prophetic writings has seemed incomprehensible is rendered intelligible.